Hello and welcome to the Curator's Salon podcast. I'm Geeta Joshi and today I am back at the Hastings Contemporary and I am sitting here with Liz Gilmore. Welcome, Liz. Thank you. The Hastings Contemporary starts off 2020 with a series of new exhibitions, the dominant one being Anne Ryan. I've been really looking forward to this exhibition. It's called Earthly Delights. Why don't you tell us more about this exhibition? Um, The exhibition came about through conversation with Anne and and partly sparked by a residence she did in Rome. Um, She uh, has been painting for years but took uh, the Rome scholarship opportunity and during her time there um, transformed the way she was making art and transformed her way of making painting. She quite literally cut them up, broke them up. And that came from sitting in the cafes of Rome and, and picturing people, capturing them, and then wanting to animate that in the form of painting. So created these incredible cardboard 3D constructions which are mesmerizing. They draw you in and they pull you out. And we thought they're perfect for Hastings. This is the kiss me quick culture of Hastings by the sea with these um, punchy, sort of almost like peephole-esque cutouts that enable you to engage with painting in a completely 3D way. They are fantastic. I mean, this body of work is actually sort of work I know of Anne's, you know, I mean, I've not known of her for years and years. So what was she making before? Anne's work um, was much more traditional, I guess, in, in how you would describe it as paintings and, and in, and in colour and palette as well. So I think what was transformational about this was the, the, the joy of life that you experience when you view the work. And it's ever moving, this sort of your, your eyes are constantly um, moving between the, the, these, these figures that are, um, it, it creates mo- the, the moment sort of of movement captured right in front of your eyes. You're sort of drawn into figures that on, the, on one side seem quite detailed and figurative and many on the other are much more abstracted. But it's much more complicated than that. However easy it looks is they're layer upon layer of cardboard and um, very vibrant in colour. So the exhibition is called Earthly Delights and I know Anne's work actually has a strong reference to art history. Can we talk a bit more about that? Absolutely. Um, Anne was, um, well, always has been, sort of has a very rigorous approach to her art, has great depths in art history. And in fact, the title of the exhibition is from a, one of Bosch's paintings, The Garden of Earthly Delights. But actually in composition and um, I think when you look at her work, you, you're what brought to mind is those sort of the Bacchus series of Poussin's work or those um, friv- the frivolity and um, gay kind of ju- jubilance of um, figures and gesture and, and bodies captured. So it's a real celebration that way of these um, wonderful figures um, that really do look like they may have stepped out of a painting a couple of hundred years ago. And yet at the same time, you might walk down the road in Hastings and see the very same scene in the local nightclub. <laughs> and, and so she has a very contemporary take on some of those historic subject matters and the way that bodies are captured in art. Yeah, they're really observational. Like You do have to slow down to look at actually the detail because each time you, you kind of look at the work, you don't necessarily see the same thing again as you're moving around it. Absolutely. A, a real movement and yeah. Yeah, dynamism to the, those whole pieces. There are, there are clusters of work, and whether you are a child with a, the viewing point of a sort of a seven-year-old or you're in a wheelchair or you're six feet tall and looking down on it, I think that the diversity of your view in looking at these pieces is what makes it exciting. It makes you want to duck and dive and look around um, and look for things that you probably shouldn't be looking at or you're not sure whether you're meant to be looking at. So they're very playful as well. 
And I know she works on several of them at a time as well, which I think is a really you know, interesting part of her process because it, that just keeps it all playful and, you know, sort of not worrying about running out of materials, running out of ideas or, you know, the process in the studio is just so freeing as well. And I think that is also uh, reflected in some of the movement in, in the figures. Yes, I think it, it captures history. It has its roots in history and yet it's not bound by it. And I think um, clearly that her time in Rome was catalytic for, for Anne in freeing her up in feeling like she could break all the rules of art history and in painting and that shines through and what, what we have is a completely innovative um, style of painting um, that completely transforms the visit experience it's playful and yet there's huge gravitas to it you can feel the weight of history but in a very free way one of the things Anne said when we were talking to her earlier was when people uh, see her art often, they say, I could do that. And I think that's such an interesting idea because it does look so fun to actually make. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's quite common. I remember um, standing in a room of Cy Tomley's artwork and hearing a group of people looking at that and thinking, I could do that. Um, it made me smile when uh, to hear Anne's response. Well, why don't you? Uh, and, and I think part, there's, two, well, there's a couple of things there, but you know, primarily um, her, her, when things look easy, they often aren't. And the ease to us of looking at something um, is probably a great compliment to the artist that they've managed to create something that appears so effortless and yet has, has had such depth. And I, I think, in, in a way, um, m much of contemporary art could could be, uh, many people may say the same thing. Um, but And of course, people should. If they want to have a go, they should. So there's another element, which is we really hope that it will inspire people to make their own artwork and respond to Anne's. Yeah, she's, she's very much an advocate of people trying out creative, um, you know, expressive ideas and playing with the material mm -hmm. herself. Um, so the, the main room, the main gallery downstairs is all Anne's work. And actually, you know, I just wanted to talk about the layout of that as well. It's quite interesting because the artworks are all set on quite um, high tables. And I love that because I just felt like the tables were much more, let's say, democratic than something like a plinth, which is just all about elevating the status of, you know, the object that then gets placed on it. So this kind of took away that element, but you know, Anne referred to it as like wandering through a garden, mm -hmm. and I thought that was also you know quite true because you were seeing it in very um you know you had to move around the room and there wasn't an obvious way to navigate that room. You know, you weren't being circulated in a particular mm -hmm. direction, and I think just that freedom of movement around the space, around the table, seeing the artworks grouped together, giving them each each other context was also uh, just a really interesting way of displaying it. Did she arrange, did, was, was that all her idea or we, is she working with you guys? We, we thought long and hard about how the artwork would be displayed and, and the out, the outcome was Anne's solution. So um, you're absolutely right when one's looking at presenting quite modestly scaled figures, you think, well, should we put this high on a plinth or low down on the floor? Because these of figures and get people to engage at a low level. Uh, for a while we were thinking about low level plinths and Anne came up with the idea um, in many ways I think inspired by her own studio. It looks like um, the bare wood of a studio table. They're actually quite elegant and they look quite flimsy. They're, they're very light. Um, they're, they're natural colour so we haven't, we chose not to paint them. Um, we varnish them and they're very smooth. Um, but the idea is that the, the figures sit on the tables and the lighting is their spotlit, so they cast shadows, which adds another level of play and depth to them. Anne was very keen that, in a sense, we just be true to the materials that they're sitting on and the focus be on the artwork. And we 
hugely support that. I think it will be a real shock um, in a lovely way to our visitors as they come in. Who who comes into a huge contemporary space and sees these elevated brown, very basic tables, not quite trestle tables, but they're very straightforward. And on top of that, these cavorting figures of joyfulness and fun. So it's sort of the studio floor meets the art world. And I think mm. the gallery forms a great meeting point with those tables. So let's move on to the studio at 4am. Now, this is a show that Anne curated. It's an approach that you've taken before where the artist with a solo show is then invited to curate uh, a show of their own with artists that, you know, whose work that they want to put together. How did uh, this one all come about? We select all our artists like Anne because we, we believe in them, we think they're great artists, we want to show them. But we're also aware that we have our own network and we wanted to expand that. Uh, we're committed at Hastings Contemporary to really um, supporting talent development and extending our networks. We asked Anne to um, cur- curate a group show of artists that she was inspired by or she felt should be deserving of giving a platform for, for their artwork. And um, some of those artists we knew well and others we didn't. And what's brilliant about this is that it brings something of Anne and her understanding of art and her influences and what excites her to the gallery. What it also brings is a very different dynamic to the curatorship, which we're very excited about. In the same way that those tables bring a sense of the studio to uh, the gallery, what people are going to walk into is the most dynamic living studio experience coming up into the studio at 4am. This is the moment, that artistic moment of what goes on at what might be at 4am in the morning and the fusion of creativity and those moments of genius and those moments of desperation and um, everything is laid out. So it's an incredible array. Um, What it's brought for the first time um, is a really eclectic mix of media, whether it be ceramic or tapestry, but it's all about painting. And for Anne, this is a painting show that you see in the studio at 4am. So we're really excited because we've got sculpture, we've got um, collage, we've got um, traditional oil painting and you visitors go around the experience and it would be hard to decide whether are you in a gallery, are you in a studio and yet they're beautifully laid out and playfully presented as well. It's a really exciting experience. So Anne chose this title, the studio at 4am, because it's a nod to the palace at 4am, the Giacometti sculpture, which like a lot of Giacometti sculptures is a slim wooden one and kind of it flattens out as you move around it and it's really interesting parallel to her own work. As you move around it, you know, the work can flatten and expand as you go with it. Absolutely. Um, I think Ryan has lots of influences, historic influences, but Giacometti was one and this little sculpture made in 1932 was exactly inspired both her own art but also the idea of the exhibition title for the group show. Um, She selected eight people, she selected them for their passion and sense of joy um, in their work Um, there are lots of items for the intensely focused creative state of mind. She's described it as being about flow, autopilot, a stream of consciousness, being in the zone. It's being in that creative zone. It's a metaphorical 4am, but it certainly um, probably is one of those moments that many of us, whether it's as an artist or any kind of um, creative work that you do, 
what I often find I have my own best thinking time at 4 a.m., although I'm exhausted the next day. Um, but it is that moment where you're in the flow, you're in the vibe, and anything feels possible at that time. That is the experience up here. Which I love that because that, that's that time, you know, well, you're so in it, you you'd actually lose a sense of time. And whatever you're doing is also quite effortless as well, isn't it? Yeah. Found that. And I think a lot of artists actually spend a lot of time chasing that state, you know, that state of flow, yes. or that creative yes. zone. And we see, you know, an incredible abundance of creativity among these these eight artists, and they really do re- remind us what the the role of art is, and and the 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 fact that one the boundaries aren't helpful when you're thinking around even painting. That the boundaries of painting are so huge now. For example, uh, one of the artists, Freya Guest, who um, studied at Wimbledon and Terps Art School, but she's she's put together a group of work um, that challenges what we consider to be the boundaries of a painting so they're quite literally um, particularly shaped canvas or they're actually on board painted painted board which um, reflect the, the the shape of them actually reflects what the subject is depicting so there's a kind of palette of um, or a pot of brushes that and the brushes stick out um, and she describes herself as being a bit like Dr Frankenstein um, she said when I paint in the dark Digging up bodies, I crudely sew the limbs together, working tirelessly and desperately to bring something to life. Um, so she sees her paintings as having the character of Frankenstein's monster um, banished to the fringes of civilization. And in a way, I think um, th- this show is so exciting because it does break down those traditional boundaries. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the result is monstrous. It's quite beautiful. It's playful. It's great fun. Um, another example, Ross Taylor, who has produced um, some of the what might you might consider to be more traditional painting in the show, and as much as it's a, a, a rectangular um, canvas that you're seeing, but but not quite. There's a one work in particular looks like a grinning Cheshire cat, this eel that's grinning down at us, pinned high up in the show. Um, so there's some lovely moments that really bring challenge, that play with what we expect when we come to an exhibition of this nature. Well, I really love the studio at 4am as an exhibition, bringing together these great artists. And, you know, many of them I hadn't come across before. So it's really interesting to see their work in that context and to see that Anne has chosen those artists and their work, you know, to sit alongside her solo show. But there is a third exhibition, The Age of Turmoil, also on at the gallery at the same time. And this continues the theme of painting through the gallery, because obviously this is one of the strong focuses for the Hastings Contemporary. So the age of turmoil, let's talk about that. Yes, so we have three modern British artists, um, Edward Burrow, who was based locally in Rye, Stanley Spencer and Graham Sutherland. And all of the works were made between the 1930s and 1950s. So they depict life in, in Britain at such a turbulent time. It, it, obviously, we, we chose the show because of the sort of the parallels in um, discomfort, fear, fear of the unknown. This was such a turbulent time in historic, well, in history. And I'm sure looking back at today now, we would say the same things. Um, we'll, we'll have the same reflections. But they're not necessarily the explicit images of war-torn Britain. They're almost the remnants. That's the the undercurrent of what was going on. So it's a sort of an interesting, it captures the pulse of life at that time, which of course was in turmoil and anxiety-filled. This is a really interesting, I mean, it's not a huge show, but it is such a really interesting show. And I think it's, it's in great context with the work upstairs for Anne Ryan and then the other artists there as well. 
How did this show come about? Because I know, obviously, as a Kunsthalle, you don't have your own collection, so it's always about borrowing and putting artworks together. Yes, it, it came about as, as Hastings Contemporary, we want to continue to show historic art. So uh, whilst our name um, might suggest that you're only going to see contemporary art, we, we were set up and had a, a collection of modern British art, and we've cultivated an appetite for, for, for people love to come and see modern British um, I think we saw the opportunity in working with some new collectors, uh, one of whom is, is Danny Katz, who has the most incredible collection uh, of works that um, he has an, an astonishing eye and the opportunity to show work of incredible quality that has had little opportunity in a public gallery before um, was too good to miss. Uh, we wanted also to think about artists that were dealing with some of the issues that are sort of parallel to the issues today, but also that might have a local resonance. And so Edward Burrow is someone who was much loved in the area because he lived in nearby Rye. Um, as a child, he suffered very severe rheumatoid arthritis and so couldn't paint with traditional oil paints. And although he was able to capture the impact of war, um, he wasn't enlisted because he wouldn't have been able to. And so he, his scenes of Rye, there's a, a wonderful work called The Country Road, which um, belongs to Danny Katz that I, I'm sure is a scene in, in a road just leading outside of Rye, military road, but it has elements of that road, certainly. And it just shows um, the desolation of England and the sort of the very angsty way, spiky way the bushes are captured really conveys the impact of what must have been going on in a wider way as observed through the eyes of Edward Burrow. Um, we also have incredible works by Graham Sutherland, who uh, we, we hugely admire as an artist. Um, we have Thornhead and um, some, some religious works, but also very beautiful Welsh landscape with a country lane that people may not have seen before, um, which are very sort of inspired by uh, romantic painting at the time, it has that sort of Samuel Palmer feel to it. Um, so there's quite a wide range of subject matters and they all deal with anxiety and angst, but it's not an anxious experience when you see it. It's the most fascinating, um, affirming and transformational moment in just two rooms of the gallery. There's just under a dozen um, paintings in, in the show. Several of the paintings in that exhibition refer to Christ as well, and it's really interesting looking at you know people trying to find faith in you know these difficult times. Yes, some are very explicit. So Graham Sutherland has done a work, Crucifixion, um, which is on loan from Pallant House Gallery, and similarly um, Thornhead for, by Graham Sutherland. And uh, we also have this incredible work of Christ appealing to Mary Magdalene, um, which is uh, again belongs to, to Chichester's Pallant House. Um, and it shows a sort of uh, quite a figurative moment where um, there's a, a figure of Christ going up the stairs, and Mary Magdalene is reaching out to him. And he says, don't, don't touch me. And there's this wonderful, sort of um, beautiful, quite small scale work. Um, but the, the combination of subject matter, whether it's explicitly religious or not, um, having those in combination in the room is incredible to have them. With a number of exhibitions then all sitting side by side, running concurrently, how, how does that fit into the Kunsthalle model? The, tra the big transformation with Hastings Contemporary was having this art everywhere experience. And creating relationships between the exhibitions. And on the one hand, you might think, these are such diverse shows. You've entered um, 
the, the joyfulness of human existence and its underbelly with, with Anne Ryan. It, depending which way you go through the gallery and there isn't a set route, you then you may walk through Age of Turmoil where you really are feeling the pervading mood of the time. And yet going upstairs into the studio at 4am, you're really thinking about um, well moments of bliss, also moments of anxiety, moments of where that creative flow happens. It's like a journey through the whole human subconscious and the range of feelings and experiences one can have, whether it's what you see on the street with Anne Ryan, whether it's what's going on in the bigger world and worldview, or whether it's what's going on in people's head. I think there's something for for everything that captures human existence. If we pull it all together, we have um, aspects of the exhibitions in the public areas as well. So the sort of boundaries between gallery and um, public space, they're all one big public space now um, to to have a, a fully immersive experience. I thought that, I mean, the gallery is looking amazing at the moment. This exhibition is fantastic. And, you know, I, I did also, I mean, I think I mentioned this already, but sort of move through the space and actually have an experience sort of going through. And then sort of I ended with the Age of Turmoil exhibition. And I just felt like that was quite grounding, you know, after the Anne Ryan and um, at the studio at 4am, they were just so, I don't know, you know, like inspiring and elevating and you really wanted to kind of return and look at the work again and look at it from different angles. And then, you know, for me, coming down into the third exhibition was, um, yeah, it just like really gave it a historical context as well. So I thought it was wonderful. The Hastings Contemporary is open Tuesday to Sunday and the show runs till the 29th of March. You can follow the gallery on Instagram at Art on Sea, and you can follow me on Instagram at the Gita Joshi, or visit the website at thecuratorsalon.com, and I'll add links into the show notes for all of those things. And finally, if you've enjoyed this episode, I'd hugely appreciate if you could subscribe, rate, and leave a review, because it really does help us get found by more listeners. Liz, thank you so much for being my guest. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Likewise. Thank you so much for being here. The Curator's Salon hopes you enjoyed this production.